Okay, welcome back to the C Report with Mr. C for Q&A Holes Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Second edition of the show. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed a bit of the information that was presented in the previous broadcast. Um, And it is good to be here with you all sharing this information. So... Uh, today I kind of want to start it with President Trump, because we scarcely made mention of him in our inaugural episode. So, I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Trump, Mr. President Trump, um, who quite frankly, if you all saw the same coup that I saw happen kind of have to acknowledge the fact that he may very well still be the president. What do you think about that? Hmm. Pretty crazy, huh? Well, um, you know, President Trump did a lot of things in his time in office, at least the first four years of his time in office in the White House in Washington, D.C., And definitely, I would say, he is a man who loves our country. And not only that, you know, the ideas that it stood for. Um, And because of his endeavors and the way he played it, and uh, I guess kind of his... um, tenacity he was able to you know expose by way of actions uh, on his parts and the reactions that he stoked out of his opponents uh the american people and the people of the world were able to see exactly what was going on in reference to uh, politics, government, military, media, business, economics. Now that's coming up. And uh, the way things work, the mechanics of it all. Um, and people are still waking up and still waking up and still waking up. But... Um, That's why you see this impeachment frenzy so rampant right now, because people in Washington, D.C., the deep state, the Democrats, the rhino Republicans, the rest of the Republicans, except for like the eight who are on our side, like for them, um, well, basically, uh, they... are afraid that Trump will still be able to influence Washington, um, influence military, influence different states in the Union, because (coughs) ultimately he had exposed them for the crooks and the criminals that they are, for the blood-hungry, well, I call them bloodthirsty baby-eating pagans, but, I mean, that might not be entirely accurate. They might be, um, you know, bloodthirsty baby-eating Satanists, uh, and I just kind of got that that wrong. But we're not going to go off into that right now, because as far as President Trump goes, it's kind of interesting that he was able to, like, actually raise a lot of money that he would still be privy to, you know, even after his presidency from, you know, political action committees that were raised and and the kind of money that he raised between maybe a 30-day period from November 24th, 2020, post-election to December 31st, 2020. Um, for example, um, probably in the neighborhood of, well, I think, I think if the numbers I read were accurate, he'd have like uh, access to over a hundred million dollars in political action 
uh, committee funds that he could use towards whatever he may need to do. So not only is Trump a force to be reckoned with because of the... um, the force that he put against these deep state characters who are basically uh, destroying our country um, um, and grooming us to be subservient to communist standards of living uh, that, um, you know, he stopped them. And like he reversed the mechanics of what they'd taken a hundred years to do and just made it to where it was obvious that was just what was so alarming about this whole trump thing it's like he just he just made everything so obvious that people had no choice but to you know um had no choice but to uh to go ahead and uh see what the hell was going on because it was that obvious it's that obvious that uh you know an illegitimate president just came into uh the supposed white house and has signed something like 40 count them 40 executive orders a man who said that to rule by executive order would be a dictatorship and that he needed consensus but he has gone and just reversed so many things and uh there'll be an article up on the blog on q and if you want to read it um I'll see if I can't have it by tonight. That will go over some of those executive orders because uh, there are at least 25 of them that have been uh, published on the Federal Register. And we'll take a gander at what some of those are. But yeah, pretty crazy. But uh, Trump, he needs to be impeached. That's what these people are saying because... uh, because he has a lot of political force and a lot of political um, persuasion, and he also has the capital to back it up. There was an interesting article um, I would encourage uh, some to read if they find it interesting themselves um out of the federalist and it was called why it's completely unconstitutional to impeach someone after he leaves office and uh, the article is written by um thomas r asic uh who um has retired as an assistant u.s attorney um and he writes for the Federalist and uh, Law and Liberty and the Imaginative Conservative. But um, the, the article basically was um, uh, basically uh, used the or cited the uh, Federalist papers, um, specifically uh, Federalist number 39, 65, 66, 69, 77, 79, 81, and 84. Um, and uh, uh, use those Federalist Papers to address the decision, uh, the discussion uh, regarding removing a president or impeaching him post-presidency and or disqualifying him from being able to engage in any political action. So again, this would go to uh, prevent Trump from having the ability to use any of his uh, funds um, and also to uh, disallowing him to participate in anything dealing with the government or politics uh, so disqualification disqualification or disqualifying him so uh, a yeah, very interesting article about why it, they weren't able to do that because basically um the founding fathers had never really discussed that when it came into the question of impeaching a federally elected official um including disqualification but that, that, that was pretty interesting and so you know they're still gonna go at it uh, both the Democrats and the rhinoceroses, <laughs> um, the uh, Republicans, um, which, you know, there's that one uh, that has um, uh, spoken up against uh, Trump that she's uh, 
she's uh, feeling a lot of uh, pain for. And um, Mitch McConnell's backing her up. And I just think that's that's just completely ridiculous. Like, I can't even I can't even believe that, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, I can, because if you know Mitch McConnell's history, which I am not aware of all of it, but I know they call him Cocaine Mitch for a reason. <laughs> and I'd be like, Mitch, you didn't seem like the type to me, but I guess you are. Um, well, I mean, that's a totally different totally different discussion but he's even backing her up uh, mitch mcconnell is and uh um i don't know i just <sighs> i don't know why people didn't see that it was obvious especially like when we talk about a character like mike pence you know and we're not going to talk about him today but mike pence i have i've sang from the mountaintops just because I trust, you know, um, I trust the programs that I listen to that um, report uh, accurate information. But um, anyways, uh, uh, people were disappointed uh, that, you know, uh, Mike Pence wasn't quite the upstanding guy that they had once thought that he was. I mean, I guess I was disappointed with Bill Barr. I mean, he was like the perfect, you know, cuddly teddy bear, you know, um, uh, AG to come in there and save the day. But that's just the way it is. And, you know, that's also the game that they play. And it's amazing that they're able to play such a game. Like when you think about someone like Senator Lindsey Graham. Now, I'll never forget what made me think, hey, this guy, Lindsey Graham, he could be okay. And I believe it was uh, not during the, it was the, uh, whatever was going on before the impeachment with Trump. And I don't think it was the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Russian dossier. It was the piss dossier that, um, uh, Graham had so adamantly stood up against and um, uh, like basically scolded everyone on, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this fiery, this fiery silvery fox uh, made possible blouse from the south." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, how is he on Trump's side? Because wasn't that guy working with McCain?" And we all know McCain was executed, so I thought that was quite interesting and. And um, I was like, maybe the only thing they have on Lindsey Graham is that he's in the closet. Maybe he's not a kitty diddler. Like, wouldn't that be... I mean, it's the, I mean, it's redeemable almost, you know what I mean? And I say almost because he's lying. I mean, come on. I mean, obviously the man is gay. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, that's what my broken gaydar says. But yeah, so um, they're all going to keep standing up against uh, Trump and uh, some of them uh, and most of them are going to vote for his impeachment. Like, um, it's it's no it's no um, it's no question or no wonder. But, you know, like my district congressional representative has voted to impeach him but all of them have in the area that i've lived in texas you know and um that's lloyd doggett's gerrymandered all the way to joaquin castro and they're the worst because the castro twins like when those two get together look out no just kidding i don't know i think they they seem pretty lame to me i think even though my twin and i are at odds uh we're cooler than they are but any Anyways, um, the Castro twins were also uh, oh, um, among one of them running for president uh, against Donald Trump in 2016. Um, the other one, <laughs> the other one was up to no good. And he was uh, he was publishing the names of donors to President Trump uh, to teach them a lesson and, and to give them a reprisal for uh putting money into the coffer of a terrorist or putting money into the coffer of a uh, racist or someone who incited hate. Um, I don't think he incited hate as much as he incited hate in those people. 
um, just by existing. <laughs> and so anyways, yeah. Uh, but getting back to that, they're, they're going to keep calling. In fact, uh, uh, I think Joaquin Castro is one of the impeachment managers for this trial. So that should be pretty interesting too. He's going to get a lot of spotlight shown on him. I think, and I think a lot more activities will come up with Joaquin Castro. Like, I had found out the other day that he, one of his best friends, maybe even a mentor, was uh, Charles Charlie Rockefeller, um, who had invited him to do a panel on something dealing with Asia. But yeah, he was basically sniffing his butthole the entire time. I think they were both sniffing each other's butthole the entire time. I was like, oh, it's just like the bathhouse, Joaquin. Anyways, so um, there was this other interesting article that I had seen. But, you know, like I was saying with the whole impeachment thing, like it's just it's not going to I don't think it's going to work. I mean, there was that example in the Fairless paper where there's not really any standing for it to happen. But also, you know, there's the transcript, just as you saw with um the um with the uh, the uh, Ukraine transcript when President Trump supposedly did a quid pro Joe on the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky, and we know from the transcript, I believe the transcripts. Um, it might be available for you to read on QAholspodcast.com in our blog. Like, I might have put it there, um, but I know I've published it somewhere before. And, um, what do you call it? That just went to show that there was nothing that Adam Schiff, Senator Adam Schiff of California, had said had happened. And, I believe that Adam Schiff should be thrown in jail for perjury, for making up a story that did not exist in order to incite a certain outcome or verdict against an innocent man. Um, and so that's what they're doing here. And, and you know, like, they say the media's really clamping... Uh, well, okay, so... Obviously, we're not seeing Trump right now because the media says no Trump, nothing. They don't care what he's doing. They don't care if he's golfing. They don't care if he's picking his nose. They want no coverage of Trump. This man cannot exist in your mind, which is why after they went dark on Twitter, after, you know, all of that had happened, you didn't hear from Trump. You didn't hear from Trump because they did not let you hear from Trump. So now basically these people are doing everything they can to keep President Trump from assuming the office of the White House as he rightfully should due to the fact that there was foreign interference in this election and there's evidence that this was actually a coup perpetrated against Donald Trump and his mission to restore the Constitution and the Republic to the people of these United States of America. And that's what's going on. You know, so the media is uh, choosing what angles it wants to report to the people. For example, I heard in a recent radio podcast or uh, broadcast that um, the media wasn't showing the people and by the media of course we're talking about cnn we're talking about fox we're talking about msnbc you know they weren't showing the general population and to be honest i i wonder if even most of them care i mean if one third of the, the american people are trump supporters and the rest are democrats and maybe a third really just don't give a damn at all they don't pay attention they just go with whatever the day-to-day -day life says and whatever it is that the flow of the current tells them to do. Um, but they're not telling them uh, the part of the transcript where Trump says to go peacefully protest and patriotically and show them how it's done. Like They're not showing that part of Donald Trump's speech for context to the people. They're not showing um, uh, the context of when he says words like fighting, you know, or fight, you know, like they, th they, they tell him because he used those words that that incited people to go and uh, pick a fight with the, uh, the armed guard of the United States Capitol building 
even though they didn't even really fight them. I mean, I saw one of them slap their hand and a few of them allow them into the building on a tour. But there wasn't all of this, uh, you know, uh, um, unfettered and gruesome uh, violence that occurred. In fact, I think I've even seen pictures now of more of what was going on on the backside of the cafe. backside of the capital and that looked like there was more to it there and i think it even seemed a little bit more staged in some of the pictures that i saw of the backside of the capital Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares. But you know, I mean, an example of Trump's um, of Trump's transcript. You know, when we come to the word like fight, uh, Donald Trump said, President Donald Trump said, for years Democrats have gotten away with election fraud and weak Republicans, and that's what they are. There's so many weak Republicans, and we have great ones. Jim Jordan and some of these guys, they're out there fighting. The House guys are fighting, but it's its incredible. And you see, the media is using that as an excuse to, um, you know, uh, say that Trump incited a riot. Um, but, you know, they're not showing you that. The media is also not showing you um, how there were other... Uh, parties involved in this storming of the Capitol, which also included infiltration by Black Lives Matters members, radical left-wing people, um, and also other uh, uh, radical white right-wing people, I would say, honestly, probably were also present. But those were not the Trump supporters, especially the ones who were coming from the um, uh, speech that President Trump had given at the eclipse. Um, I, myself, among those individuals. Um, but, you know, even even still uh, among those things happening, you know, we have this uh, impeachment that's uh, they're trying to move forward with this. And uh, like I said, uh, same thing with uh, Joaquin Castro being an impeachment manager. We're going to see exactly how this all plays out. Um, I, I really don't know what they're going to do. I don't think that they're going to win in the end. I really don't think so. I think we may see a Burma military coup style thing going on here. Honestly, is what I'm seeing in my mind. Um, but if uh, President Trump is uh, brought back into office before, you know, too long, um, because he is the rightful president of the United States of America, is at least at least 70 to 80 million people voted for President Trump in a landslide um, election. Um, we have to see how it's going to go. Uh, I think in some ridiculous news, we have, uh, this came out um, on the 29th of January. So this was approximately last Friday, uh, where Kevin Kleinsmith, a former FBI employee, um, was sentenced for his part in the Trump um, the Trump-Russian collusion debacle. Um, so if you remember the Trump-Russian collusion debacle, uh, this had to do with the Trump-Russian uh, dossier. And uh, they uh, 
were using the FISA um, courts and the FISA warrants in order to do unlawful viewing. Um, they were spying on the Trump administration and they were also spying on other members of the Republican House and Senate. <clears throat> and I think even some journalists as well, uh, quite possibly. But um, the reason why this happened with Mr. Kevin Kleinsmith is because Mr. Kevin Kleinsmith decided that he wanted to uh, change uh, certain information that was being sent to the FISA courts in order to warrant the warrants, in order to receive the warrants. And uh, so he he um, knowingly put down uh, wrong information. But uh, Ju Judge James E. Boesberg um, has decided that young Kevin Kleinsmith uh, shouldn't face any jail time um, for, uh, I mean, it's like, I, I guess it's not a capital offense to, um, you know, misdoctor a federal paper. I mean, this goes to the FISA court. Um, that to me would say as foreign intelligence surveillance, uh, that to me would say that, uh, you know, you, that's like one of the higher levels, higher courts, I would assume. Um, and I would assume that any judge presiding over the FISA court would want to look like a fool, an idiot or a jackass. So I think it's quite interesting that Kevin Kleinsmith has only received 12 months of probation and 400 hours community service. Now, I say to you, President Donald Trump, that if Kevin Kleinsmith gets away with this, that I want my DWI expunged from the record. <laughs> period. Point blank period. I want it expunged. <laughs> and I want Kevin Kleinsmith disballed. Anyways, so... Yeah, that's the tea on Kevin Kleinsmith. Um, but yeah, uh, a couple more things. Um, it appears that uh, the National Guard has moved in more than 20,000 more troops into the Washington, D.C. area. No, no, I, t I take that back. I apologize. The, there were more than 20,000 National Guard troops called into D.C. to protect Joe Biden's sham inauguration. Um, after the Democrats stole the 2020 election with a voter fraud. So I think that's interesting. So that's one, one perspective. One perspective, definitely, that the 20,000 members of the National Guard, the troops that had come in to Washington, D.C. for Joe's inauguration, were there to protect him because the Democrats knew that they stole and they knew that you knew that they stole and they knew that I and everyone knew that they stole and that they were going to try and act on it during the 2020 inauguration. Um, or could these troops be standing there to hold them prisoner? That's a good question to ask. And I'll finish this segment here with a little bit of good news. Um, but I guess the question is, well, where's this prize coming from? Well, it's the Nobel Prize I'm talking about. And President Trump has once again been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, this happened yesterday morning um, for his work on the Israeli and United Arab, 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 Arab Emirates peace deal. Um, the gentleman who nominated President Trump, his name is Jack Madison, and he is a member of the European Parliament and he said about Donald Trump uh, in regards to nominating him, in the last 30 years, Donald Trump is the first president of the United States who during his tenure has not started a war. Additionally, he signed several peace agreements in the Middle East, which have helped provide stability in the region and peace. So that's kind of cool. And of course, Jack Madison was speaking in regards to the um, Abraham Accords, which was a joint statement between Israel, the United Arab, Arab Emirates, and the United States um, in their efforts uh, for peace, and was also in, to include um, other Arab nations <clears throat> that later joined. Um, and, and also, uh, Jared Kushner, his um, son-in-law, had worked on that with him, and he was also... Um, 
nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and so you see, you know, President Trump, who um, actually did things uh, to create peace, uh, including not starting a new war and being the first president to do so in the last three decades, not have a single new war in the first four years of his presidency and probably throughout the rest of his presidency i would imagine um but also you know there was the whole thing with north korea uh that he had done um and uh you know there was the other um uh, peace prize that he'd been nominated for um which was by um a member of the Norwegian parliament, um, whom I forget what his name was, but I mean, you know, Kushner is, uh, you know, nominated by his lap daddy, Alan Dershowitz and Trump is again nominated, but who are they going against? You know, they're going against people like, uh, they're going against people like, like, um, uh, Thornburg, Greta Thornburg, which we all know about Greta Thornburg. Um, but I don't know, like uh, last last I had heard of Greta Thornburg and, you know, Little Miss uh, Climate Change Poopy Pants. Um, she uh, seemed to be singing a different tune. Um, and so that was uh, something to consider. And then, of course, everyone uh, is aware of uh, the other nominee who's uh, she's kind of like she's kind of like the 500 pound elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> but um, what do you call it? Uh, the guys over at Q&A Hills podcast lovingly and most affectionately referred to her as big mama hey 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 um so um that would be of course one stacy abrams and her conniving uh, twin sister just kidding i don't think they're twins but i mean they look exactly alike um uh, maybe maybe uh, her sister's a little bit more severe but she's a judge and uh, they they exceeded in stealing the elections in georgia and they were nominated because because they oversaw the peaceful, uh, the peaceful election uh, through fraud of the Georgia election season, and uh, they oversaw the peaceful theft of the uh, Georgia runoffs. And due to their hard work in ensuring that the theft of those elections remain peaceful, they will receive the nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. So look out, President Trump, because uh, you incited riot. But Stacey Abrams ensured that everyone in the buffet line was happy. And in other news, and with a couple of follow-ups to our previous episode, um, the Miami Herald reported that two FBI agents were fatally shot, three wounded while serving warrants in South Florida. Um, Now, it's said that the murders of agents Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwarzenberger left the FBI reeling as investigators began piecing together what went wrong in the type of raid that usually unfolds with little attention but is also fraught with danger for law enforcement. Uh, The article, written by uh, David J. Neal, Charles Robin, uh, Jay Weaver and David Oval, or Ovale, um, went on to say that gunfire exploded just before 6 a.m. on Tuesday at a Water Terrace apartment complex in Sunrise, in a neighborhood about five miles northeast of the Sawgrass Mills Mall. The FBI had not provided details of the case against the gunman other than to say he was suspected of possessing illegal graphic images of children. The case was being investigated by the FBI's Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force and supervised by prosecutors based in Fort Lauderdale. So, uh, just, uh, 
bit of information going on there. Uh, the two FBI agents who were shot in this instance were again identified as Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwarzenberger and our condolences and our uh, honor and respect goes towards those families for the loss of uh, these two um, officers or officials in the FBI. The victims were taken to the trauma unit in Broward Health Medical Center in Fort Lauderdale as dozens of police officers from the area agencies gathered to pay their respects. Uh, so again, um, Broward County in Florida seems to be coming up in a place that is dangerous uh, where guns, like a, this seems to be a lethal county, Broward County, which they've also called Coward County in the past. Um, but in regards to um, the passing of these two uh, agents due to, uh, I guess, basically what would have been a raid, on a possible, um, a possible uh, criminal uh, committing crimes against humanity, FBI Director Christopher Ray said of this morning's uh, events, Tragically, the FBI lost two of ours today, Special Agent Daniel Alfin and Special Agent Laura Schwarzenberger, who were shot and killed this morning in the line of duty while executing a federal court-ordered search warrant in a crime against children investigation in Sunrise, Florida. Three other agents were shot and wounded. Two suffered injuries requiring hospital care, but both are now in stable condition. The third injured agent did not require hospitalization. Um, it goes on. Every day, FBI special agents put themselves in harm's way to keep the American people safe. Special, special agent Alfin and special agent Schwarzenberger exemplified heroism today in defense of their country. The FBI will always honor their ultimate sacrifice and will be forever grateful for their bravery. We continue to stand by our FBI family and the families of these special agents in the days to come, bringing every resource we can to get through this together. So uh, that's pretty much a damn shame. But what I can say for sure uh, in some regard is that it's good to see that the raids, the busts, and the prosecution, uh, hopefully leading towards of uh, these individuals who are involved in these, uh, uh, whether they're child sex rings, uh, human trafficking rings, uh, any kind of drug mule trafficking rings, like, it's good to see this is still going on. And I think, I think that is, um, I think that is something there that we could use as a possible, um, I would say as a possible, uh, way of gauging which way our government is going. I mean, because we know, um, from what, uh, I guess they would have said from the QAnon phenomenon that there was this awakening to, uh, child sex trafficking, human trafficking, and a lot of the other, uh, terrible things that, um, will be coming to a tribunal near you soon. Now, um, moving right along from that story, um, an update on the Myanmar or Burma coup. Um, it's a coup d'etat. Uh, this article, um, let's see here. Look at here. Well, I'll uh, pop it in there somewhere, but uh, this one is written by Tyler Durden. And uh, it says the State Department is warning of the potential for civil and political unrest in Burma following the dramatic military takeover of the country and arrest of its civilian leadership Monday. This, as all international travel has been halted and various communications, including Internet, were cut to the capital. The Biden administration has now formally declared it as a coup d'etat which means Washington is required by law to cut off all foreign assistance to the Southeast Asian country. It further announced that targeted action will be taken against those responsible for the arrests and continued detention of the elected civilian leadership, likely in the form of sanctions. 
So the Joe Biden administration is definitely moving forward with uh, imposing sanctions and declaring it an official coup d'etat. Um, the military again here taking over the um, the elected Democrat tick government. Because I think uh, when we're going in this direction, we're talking about democratic uh, parties, uh, whereas we are the Democrat Party here. Um, but people always say Democratic Party, but that's not the name of the party. But the people of this party are definitely purveyors of spreading democracy and making sure that other countries become democratic when we forget that the United States of America is a republic and a democracy. It's democratic republic. And, you know, first of all, being a republic, which is a a country that is ruled by law, obviously. So um, there's that going on. And, um, you know, uh, in yesterday's report, we talked a little bit about Burma and uh, some of what was going on over there. And you have to keep in mind that uh, uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton uh, both ha- were kind of, you know, chummy with uh, with uh, Burma. And uh, I guess uh, Ong Su Sin Kie. I know I didn't pronounce your name right, but it's because I don't have it here in front of me. Uh, but um, in regards to Kie, uh, you know, they were very chummy with her. And um, the word is that, uh, you know, Myanmar or Burma was uh, one of the worst places for human trafficking. So you can kind of see where, you know, there's sugar, there's ants. I don't know, like where <laughs> where there's smoke, there could be a fire. You know, um, it seems to be where there are, you know... Um, children who can be exploited or human lives that can be exploited uh there you will find the deep state operators of the uh uh, united states corporation government the clintons the obamas the bushes uh the mccains uh you find these people around these stories all the time the bidens like you know (laughs) anyways okay so The official statement um, from POTUS in regard to hashtag BurmaCoup was that the U.S. removed sanctions on Burma over the past decade based on progress toward democracy. The reversal of that progress will necessitate an immediate review of our sanction laws and authorities, followed by appropriate action. So the Biden administration is definitely taking this seriously. Apparently, this Kie lady was an individual that uh, they were able to use as a tool. I guess perhaps she was the uh, way in for the deep state of the world to get in there, the, maybe the central bankers or whoever it is that's running that. I mean, apparently the United States is running it. Apparently the CIA is running it. So then who's running them, right? So that's what's going on, you know, and, you know, you already see he's wanting to start a fight with the military of Burma um, over someone that I'm guessing they probably heavily funded. And uh, good old, you know, President Select, illegitimate President Joe Biden over here is, uh, you know, starting fights all around and starting crap in Iraq and is prolonging, uh, you know, um, occupation in Afghanistan and is uh, is is just playing games with the Ukrainians and the Russians like that's just ridiculous. And all at the same time. He is still, um, he is still, you know, uh, uh, um, coddling and, and, and basically, uh, um, (laughs) he's, he's, he's coddling the Chinese and he's being their cuck. Um, I think that was, uh, uh phrase that was made popular some time ago. Now, uh, in a follow-up to the story that we talked about in regards to Cuomo and the um, scandal that he's facing over having reported less deaths in regards to his mandate to move COVID-positive patients into nursing homes, as far as that goes, um, the New York State Senate Democrats blocked a subpoena for the data in regards regards to the nursing home fatalities. 
Um, so this was absolutely very important, uh, very interesting to see because here you have a man who, um, is facing accountability from the state attorney general. Um, this is one Letitia James, um, who had released this report that showed that Cuomo's administration had undercounted the number of coronavirus related deaths that, uh, that were born in the nursing homes uh, that he had mandated COVID positive patients to go to and that the report showed that it was by as much as 50%. So that was something to think about there in regards to that. And interestingly enough, the senator who blocked this subpoena uh, is one Senator Thomas O'Mara or Thomas O'Mara, and apparently he is a top Republican serving uh, on the Senate Committee on Investigations and Government Operations. Um, So um, he's the one who made the motion, I guess, to block the subpoena. The Republican lawmaker said he wanted to make sure we get to the bottom of the irregularities in reporting the data on coronavirus-related facilities and nursing homes. The motion followed last week's report from New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James. So this is where she got her number about uh, it being more... um, than 50% of what he had reported. So that's the drama that's going on there. I'm uh, suspecting that they'll have to answer to this because here you have a Republican who is defending a Democrat governor who's a murdering son of a bitch, quite frankly, um, with nipple rings. And, you know, uh, you have this Republican guy who's defending him. And that that was even awkward for his uh, brothers and sisters across the aisle because one Democrat, Senator James Scoofus, 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 um, he... Um, the Democrat chairman of the investigation committee had threatened to subpoena that same information. So you have the chairman of the investigations committee uh, threatening to subpoena the information regarding the nursing home fatality data. And then you have a member of that same committee um, shutting down, uh, you know, the process of that happening. So... Uh, That was pretty interesting to note. Um, I think that Letitia James, the current New York State AG, uh, has the right idea. I think she sees smoke and she knows there's a fire and that the Cuomo administration did truly uh, mishandle this in a very gross and negligent way. Um, I think... I think if the if I think if there's justice, then they will find the evidence that it was also pre-planned, not just an error of judgment or human mistake. And that would also go for the other what four governors who made the same decisions to send COVID positive patients into the nursing homes in their state. Uh, that to include New Jersey, Michigan, I believe California, and there may be one other one, maybe Pennsylvania. I can't remember. There's another one in there somewhere. Um, I may have reported on in the past, but you know, that's just something, uh, that's just something that we see where, you know, they have this whole, <clears throat> two party, uh, two party, um, a justice system um, and just as well as they have this two-party uh, political system that's actually one party all in the same now let's do another story on the biden crime family before we wrap up this loop here um let's see this uh information actually came from Fox News, believe it or not, uh, which we all know is uh, a subservient to the Disney Corporation. I believe Disney is the one, if it's not Viacom, that owns uh, Fox News. So basically, whatever they say goes. And that's why we saw Fox News do a flip on President Trump. And now they're trying to act like they never did none nothing. They're like, we never did none nothing. 
Um, but this uh, is written by Ron Blitzer and Alex Pfeiffer. Fox News acting assistant attorney general Nicholas McQuaid has worked on the same cases as Biden's defense attorney. So this was a very interesting information. So apparently the Biden administration has appointed a new head uh, of the uh, the DOJ. Um, let's see here. The uh, article says the newly selected acting head of the Justice Department's criminal division is a former colleague of the attorney now representing Hunter Biden in the face of a DOJ investigation. So this is very interesting. Papa Biden. Uh, dear President-select Biden, this is very interesting. I think you, as the President-select of the United States, should look into this immediately because there could be a question of ethics in this regard. Very much so. Now, it says here... Uh, oh, well, first of all, this story was broken by Tucker Carlson, apparently. And in it, Carlson summed it up in this way. It means that Joe Biden... So that means Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden, put at the head of the criminal division the partner of the guy his son had hired to defend him against the criminal division. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? So now as principal deputy assistant attorney general and named acting assistant attorney general for the criminal division... McQuaid will be overseeing criminal investigations, including any probe into the president's son. So President-elect Joe Biden put in charge of the Justice Department criminal division, the guy who used to be the partner of the man that will be defending his son in any criminal trials coming up. How convenient. That's almost as convenient as a quid pro quo. Wouldn't you say, Joe, where you will withhold any money if people should go ahead and decide to investigate into their son's criminality and hold him towards any type of accountability? That is something else, Joe. It, it's a, they should call you Slick Joe um, or something to that effect because, my friend, you are something else. And... Uh, talk about knowing how to CYA. Well, it seems that old slick Joe Biden uh, definitely knows how to CYA, but unfortunately so, not in a less obvious way. So I was going to go ahead and also give you all some updates on some other things that are going on inside the Senate, uh, like specifically in regards to Senator Green, um, you know, that treasonous backstabber Mitch McConnell, um, and um, also uh, the senator who's been facing backlash uh, due to her vote to impeach Trump, uh, that Senator Cheney. Um, I mean, but I mean, you know, it's that's just like the general drama of what's going on in the House now. And, you know, what idealistically what I would like to do is because, you know, there's so much information scattered everywhere. And, you know, people are kind of like, where the hell do I go? Well, you know, bringing aggregated information from the news um, around the world by sources, I think, uh, or at least information that feels reliable to my gut. Um, I can just kind of... Uh, kind of uh, fill in the landscape and fill in the gaps in the landscape uh, that has been left uh, in the wake of what this optical victory by the deep state has given to uh, them that is confusing the hell out of everybody um but you know then there's also uh there's also uh, additional information that's given out by other podcasters that i think is also quite useful but to put a record on these buffoons as I get to know more of them like I had no idea that the RNC chair 
uh, Ronna McDaniels was Ronna McDaniel was actually the niece of Mitt Romney, and you'd think that any you'd think that there are certain political family names that when you heard that name, you just kind of instantly knew that there was no good to be associated with them, and uh, knowing that Ronna McDaniel is. Uh, related to Mittens Romney, uh, the traitorous SOB, um, whom they say also fathered Obamacare before Obamacare existed back in, I guess, in Massachusetts, which I guess would have been before he went to Utah, which I don't know when that happened. But uh, anyways, uh, enough about that. I mean, Green is going through her own thing. She's also dealing with that uh, Cory Bush individual uh, so Green and I guess I guess because Green has also been accused uh, very passive aggressively by good old passive aggressive cocaine McConnell uh, that um, uh, well, these are his words. Somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon in 9-11, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged. And that the Clintons crashed JFK Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality. This has nothing to do with the challenges facing American families or the robust debates on substance that can strengthen our party. Our party, excuse me. I'm not from Jersey. Uh, you know, apparently, where they pronounce their R's. But McConnell said that in the statement to The Hill. Now, um, that's interesting to note that uh, McConnell has uh, made these uh, passive-aggressive suggestions about Senator Green. And Green realized that McConnell had, in fact, said those things about her and responded in a tweet saying, The real cancer for the Republican Party is weak Republicans who only know how to lose gracefully. So, yeah, I guess I guess good old Cocaine McConnell... Um, I guess he he's a pretty graceful loser. He's not a sore loser, it would appear. But I don't believe that he really wanted it to go in the Trump way to begin with. Um, Green concluded her tweet by saying, "This is why we are losing our country." So, ooh, some of the uh, some of the tea going on in the Senate chambers, where uh, we're finding majority of the people want. Liz Cheney to step down due to the fact that, of course, she's divided the party by um, uh, speaking provocatively and boldly about President Trump and her belief that he should be impeached. Um, So that's an interesting fact. I would not stand with Liz Cheney for anything. But anyways, uh, going to wrap up the episode uh, talking a little bit about the impeachment trial that they have uh, or that they are trying to formulate against President Donald Trump, of course. We talked a little bit about that earlier in regards to uh, uh, an article that was written by the Federal uh, at the Federalist, pardon me. Um, and uh, this whole thing with the uh, impeachment trial, of course, like I said, Joaquin Castro is going to be one of the impeachment managers. Um, there's some other people that, uh, will be on this management team as well. Um, in an article written by Ivan Penchikov, um, he talks about how, um, uh, they are, uh, of course, using the citation of uh, insurrection and violence by the president, Donald Trump, uh, to incite a riot at the Capitol. And they are also um, making sure to uh, put in uh, their memorandums uh, that uh, they want to ensure that he has no ability to run in the future and that he has no ability to have any kind of political influence and Apparently, they also cite they, they also cite cases that support their uh, claim um, or support their um, what they want to do to Trump. Um, look, they put this. I mean, after months of spreading his big lie that he won a landslide victory in the 2020 election, 
Uh, leading up to and on January 6, 2021, President Trump summoned, assembled, and incited a violent mob that attacked the Capitol, cost the lives of three police officers and four other people, threatened the Vice President and Congress, and successfully um, halted the counting of the Electoral College vote. Uh, that's what the Democrat impeachment managers have alleged in their joint statement. And it's just, you know, now it's seven people, like uh, three police officers died, apparently, and I had not even heard of a single police officer dying and uh, four other people. So now we're up to seven people like I it was five people. I mean, it was one person, then it went to four people, then five people, now seven people. So uh, the death count just keeps adding up for, uh, you know, this riot that apparently happened that didn't happen because, I mean, I mean, I was there and I didn't even see a riot anyways. So um it's 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 just ridiculous uh the democrats memo also presents an argument for why the trial is constitutional even though trump is now a private citizen so that's what uh good old joaquin castro and his team of uh impeachment managers will be trying to fight um for uh apparently for the country um 45 Republican senators voted for a resolution calling the Senate trial unconstitutional because Trump is no longer president, which means that Democrats would need to change the minds of 17 Republicans in order to secure Trump's conviction, which would pave the way for blocking the former president from ever holding public office. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham... (laughs) on February 1st, warned his Democratic colleagues against calling witnesses during the trial, threatening to call on the FBI to testify and what may become a prolonged proceeding. Uh, but Krem didn't just also say that. Graham also said, if you open that can of worms, we'll want the FBI to come in and tell us about how people pre-planned this attack and what happened with the security footprint at the Capitol. You open up Pandora's box if you call one witness, Graham told Fox News on Monday. So why do you think Graham was saying that kind of stuff? Do you think maybe he was signaling his buddies, hey, maybe we shouldn't move forward with the the, um, impeachment trials? Because if we do, then they're going to question us about, oh, letting people into the Capitol. um, Oh, telling the officers to stand down. Oh, having a... co-intel pro um having a a counter co-opted intelligence and provocateurs inside the capital to uh you know um uh, incite truly be the ones who incited the riot riot and oh what about all the camera staff that was everywhere inside the capitol building they'll have to know about that which i guess would also be part of the security footprint because i'm sure they probably do have cameras and maybe even a staff on site at the capitol building at all times in case they need to do something i don't know how that works but there's some other things that could happen and and mr lispy mr lispy senator graham uh he's gone and done decided to tell his uh opponents uh, appearing like a trump supporter but saying hey guys uh we're really gonna um bite the big one if we go to trial and uh they ask for all of this information so in response to this the trump team filed um that uh whatever it is that the democrats are going after for trump is quite contrary to the constitution Um, The legal team for former President Trump on Tuesday filed its response to the House's article of impeachment ahead of next week's scheduled Senate trial, in which attorneys denying wrongdoing and calling for the Senate to acquit Trump of the charge. Uh, The Constitution provision requires that a person actually hold office to be impeached. So um, in their answer uh, in regards to this lawsuit, 
Um, they also deny that Trump violated his oath of office and that he is protected by the First Amendment because, after all, he didn't incite a riot. If you go back and you read the transcripts, you will see for yourself how the news has um, has uh, pulled sound bites out of context and how even this um, uh, Trump impeachment uh, management team has uh, pulled quotes out of context in order to uh, frame up an innocent man um, that had nothing to do with inciting a riot, but rather encouraging Americans to show by force, sheer force of um, volume or sheer force of attendance, how many people supported by being present there, how many people supported the president and also um, did not support the Senate in regard to um, did not support the Senate in regard to the electoral process that they were going through because after all, the entire world and on television, everyone saw that this was election fraud, this was a stolen election, this was a coup d'etat performed by whomever owns Joe Biden and the administration, which we're kind of learning is the CCP and other uh, multinational uh, billionaires and the likes. So some stuff to pay attention to. We'll be back again tomorrow with more news and updates. And I hope you're enjoying the show here at the Mr. C Report from Q&A Holes Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Wednesday and Saturday as we do our live call-in show, the Q&A Holes Podcast with Mr. W, Mr. C, and Mr. Y. Why? Because, well... You asked for it, and daily from Joe One of Two gets the Q and A holes news break. Um, Joe One of Two lays out um, a quick, uh, a quick, you know, good five to ten minute piece on some of the day's news highlights, as he is the news director here at Q and A holes podcast. And he also gives us a bit of appreciation for history with this day in history to keep us cultured and always to keep us in the know about our past so this way we can direct ourselves to a better future and with that this is mr c signing off we'll see you guys again at another date have a great day have a good morning have a good night wherever it is you may be in the world and whatever time you might be listening to this podcast enjoy yourself ciao